Hello, Movie Marathoners, and welcome to the Movie Marathoners Sundance 5K series, a series of short episodes centered on the films released at the 2021 Sundance Film Festival. I'm your host, Mati, and in this episode, I'm joined by the writer, Valerie Thompson, whose writing can be found at The Playlist, as well as many other sites all across the internet. Thank you so much for joining me, Valerie. We're discussing John in the Hole. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. How are you, Maddie? Pretty good. Um, it's been a lot of movies right in a row. It's kind of the first time I've watched this many movies right in a row, but I'm feeling good so far. We'll see if I continue throughout <laughs> the festival this way. Uh, yeah, me too. I, I, You find that the first day you're very excited. Somehow by the morning of the second day, you're absolutely exhausted <laughs> and you're going on adrenaline already and you realize, oh my God, I have days left to go on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, let's get straight into it. Um, just as a reminder, every Sundance 5K series episode will be completely spoiler-free. And as I said, we are talking about the film John and the Hole, which just premiered. Literally, we just got out of the premiere of it. So these are our very, very fresh thoughts. So keep that in mind if, you know, some people may be used to my incredibly well-prepared, detailed analysis. No, I'm just kidding. But I'm even less prepared than normal. So first, a synopsis of John and the Hole. A non-traditional coming-of-age story set in the unsettling reality of John, a kid who holds his family captive in a hole in the ground. John in the Hole stars Charlie Shotwell as the titular John, Jennifer Eel, Michael C. Hall, and Tysa Farmiga. It is written by Nicholas Giacobone and directed by Pasquale Sisto. So Valerie, very first immediate impressions on John in the Hole. What do you have? Wow, I'm I'm unpacking a lot here. Yeah. Um, this is not a film where you're going to walk out of it and and feel like I know all the answers and this is I feel totally comfortable and I'm laughing and smiling. <laughs> you're going to absorb it. And I I think how I feel now will probably change in a couple hours, will probably change again tomorrow as I just go deeper and deeper into this in my mind. Yeah, I mean, so like I said, we finished this. I, for me, it was maybe 20 minutes ago. And I think mm -hmm. right away, uh, I'll say it, the film didn't totally work for me. But I think mm -hmm. even talking about it for 15 minutes with my girlfriend, I we talked a little bit more about some of the stuff that sort of bothered me or maybe didn't feel completely coherent to me. And I already feel like I have, uh, if not... You know, I, I can't say that I, I really enjoyed the film, but I have a much better appreciation for some of the things that it's going for. Yeah. Um, it's not my type of film. I don't know about you. Did you love this film or do you have no idea what, <laughs> what you feel about it? Well, I, you know, uh, the screenwriters, one of his other films, Birdman, is just one of my absolute favorite movies. So I was excited, you know, for that reason to kind of get into that. Wait, do but, you mean like the Michael Keaton Birdman? Yes. Oh, I did not know that. Wow. Yes. He um he was one of the writers of that film and in fact won an Academy Award for it. So Wow. Okay. <laughs> there you go. I, and that's one of my favorite movies. So I thought I, I'm really going to be interested in this and into this. Did everything work? No. No. <laughs> but no, I you know, I'm gonna be brutally honest here. Did everything work? No. But I, I also really, um, you know, enjoy the uh, the films that kind of press your brain to that absolute limit. And uh, and 
so I mean, you know, is it is it something that regular film goers are going to go nuts about? No, I can tell you right now, and I can tell you that as as sure as the reviews go up tonight and tomorrow morning, it is going to be hot take central mm-hmm. <laughs> because everybody's going to have their own take on what they saw, how they felt, what they experienced. I think. It's kind of a shame that it's not going to have this mainstream appeal because there would be so many memes if this thing came onto Netflix. Oh, and God. Oh, can you imagine? <laughs> just so much about the whole. Um, I was not expecting that this was going to be a non-natural hole. Um, my girlfriend yeah. hypothesized that John would dig the proverbial hole, but it's mm-hmm. actually a bunker. So um, lots of stuff for Holes fans here, I guess, is what I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> no. If if you had to take away one thing, like if I, since I'm putting you on the spot right here, if you had to take away one thing about the film, what would it be? Um, it's weird because my mind while I was watching this, number one, the establishing shots in this film are fantastic. Mm-hmm. The, 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 the tennis ball sequence, the forest for the drone sequence. I'm not giving anything away. I'm just telling that. But those are, <laughs> you know, those are fascinating or, or when they're, you know, that, that long shot across the house as, as the family uh, is are doing their normal tasks. It, this film has some really interesting visual elements to it. Um, in, in terms of my overall takeaway, if there was one theme I'm assuming that they were going for is how little we pay attention to what's going on in the world around us. And I instantly mm. thought, oh, Twin Peaks The Return. What was one of Lynch's big sentiments with that, with the whole um, Agent Cooper, Dougie Jones thing was, what we, you know, nobody's paying attention. And so it, that was the first thing that came to my mind. How about you? I mean, there's a, a line that the mother character played by Jennifer Eel says, uh, and she says something like, being an adult is like being a child, but with more responsibilities. Yeah. And I think that's kind of one of my main takeaways. Whether that supports the entire film for me is a bit up for debate, but that's certainly something that I took away, that this is very much a parable kind of story. Um, Almost explicitly in the film, it's a parable or a story. And I think if I had one piece of advice for people who are like, maybe I should check this out, is, you know, you're going to have a bad time if you try to think about this film in any sense of like grounded reality. This has its own... Yeah. Not even that it's like, you know, impossible things happen, but don't try and ask too much about how we got them in the hole and why aren't the police doing anything and all of this stuff. I think that will really bog you down, whereas this is really meant to be sort of like a a metaphorical parable. Without spoiling it, there is a side element here Mm -hmm. to this film. and I'm not going to give it away. And I'm still wondering how those two narratives connect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think you know what I'm talking about. And I I'm do. not gonna tell it. And I'm and I'm wondering, especially from the last shot of the movie, how am I supposed to connect those narratives? Um and I will I will think about that one for a while. I I'm not quite sure yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that last shot in particular is very confusing, especially because it's so vague that I don't understand what they want us to take away from it, you know? Did you think that the bunker would come into play in that scene? Because yes. I I thought for sure 
that the bunker, oh, wow, we're going to tie this one up with a little bow. We're going to have that bunker, you know, nah. (laughs) (laughs) And, and, you know, maybe that's the point. I mean, maybe the whole point is that this is all chaos and life is confusing and there is no order. And, and I mean, the titular character, John wants order or he wants to feel in control. Um, or yeah, well, I mean, I guess he wants to not be controlled by somebody else. He wants to be the one to feel in control. And and that's certainly like a relatable feeling. So maybe yeah. that's what they're going with, with that ending. And I think we did a pretty good job at saying that without spoiling anything. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, Really, if if I said it, really, it would be not be spoiling anything for anyone. Believe me, <laughs> you would you would be like, well, what does that have to do with it? I, you know, great what? question. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, great question. You you'll have to figure that out on your own. What's your favorite part of the film? Um, I'm gonna give a big shout out to um, cinematography mm-hmm. and the aesthetic of this movie. Um, just some really interesting shots you know it's it's one uh particular shot and and i mentioned that earlier where you're just kind of moving slowly across seeing the family doing different things through different windows um of this very interesting house the architecture of this house is extremely interesting to me i would love to see four plans of this set <laughs> house um but yeah that would be the, the biggest part for me. I, I, I really, I, I was very optimistic when I saw that initial shot in the trees before the yeah. drones. Um, I felt really good about that. And the rain sequence when it's raining and the piano and that was good stuff. Do you have any idea why they chose to shoot in the aspect ratio that they did? Because it's, I can't remember what it's called. Is it letterbox when, when it's kind of uh, square? Uh, yeah, I, I I have no idea why they chose that aspect ratio. I don't. And, and it may be in the press materials um, because I just have a I mean, it's just an inordinate amount of press materials I'm having to go through here. So it sure. may be it, it may be listed in the ratios. And I, I don't know. And in the information uh, or an interview I haven't seen yet. You know, we should say while they're while we're talking, they're having the Q&A right now. So. Oh, yeah, true. <laughs> so we should point that out. They are having a Q&A as we speak. I we're literally seeing the Q and A as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> so I I don't know. They may reveal that. Um, or or maybe maybe I'll just ask. So yeah. So I mean yeah, definitely a pretty bizarre film. Um, I think ultimately didn't work for me quite as well as I wanted to. But there's a lot here to unpack. And yeah, Valerie, okay. as you're saying, there's going to be plenty of takes on this. Whether it you know catches fire in any meaningful way is probably going to depend on how it's released when it's released all that good stuff so yeah uh so i guess just to close us out since we're the movie marathoners podcast valerie would you prefer to spend i don't know full 24 hours in the hole or would Mm -hmm. you rather run a marathon uh run a marathon yeah it does not seem very pleasant to uh no 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 no, no. i i that 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 hole um no i i think i'll pass I think I mean, I'll pass on that one. <laughs> you know, I think it, it would be kind of fun if you made it like a camping outing. It seems like a, a pretty little um, skylight in there. And it seems like it might be fun if you cleaned it out and brought a sleeping bag and stuff. But certainly if 
my deranged son were to yeah. push me into the hole, I think I'd rather run a marathon for sure. I will I will say this. I do think the film will do a lot for sales of risotto. You think so? <laughs> I think it <laughs> might do a lot for contracting and finishing unfinished security bunkers. Yeah. Like I think yeah. if somebody watches this film and they have like half a security bunker planned out, then they'll definitely yeah. finish that right away. I mean, finish this is ultimately fill it in. don't don't please people listening to this podcast, fill in your bunker or finish it, but don't leave it there or don't have kids. And if you do, <laughs> don't tell them about the bunker. <laughs> don't tell them about the bunker, people. Come on. All right. Well, Valerie, thank you so much for joining me. Thank this you. was great. Uh, hopefully you can come on some other time for a longer episode. Maybe it. maybe when John and the Hole comes out in wide release, we can after we've yeah. digested it some more. So, yeah, absolutely. Where can people find your work online? You can find me just about anywhere. Um, you can follow me on Twitter, and that's at Val, B-A-L-M, Thompson, T-H-O-M-P-S-O-N. You can also find me at Instagram with the same Val M. Thompson. And I just share all kinds of stuff. I write all kinds of stuff. Um, goodness, if it's an outlet, you'll probably see me there. <laughs> <laughs> well, awesome. I hope you have a great remainder of your Sundance experience. You too. This has been a Movie Marathoner Sundance 5K series episode reviewing John and the Hole. Be sure to stay tuned for more Sundance coverage. You can find all of our Sundance 5K series and the main feature episodes of Movie Marathoners, part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, at our website, evergreenpodcasts.com slash movie-marathoners, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks so much for listening, and remember that life's a marathon, so let's take it one movie at a time. Hey there! I'm Hannah. And I'm Audrey. We are a sister filmmaking duo and co-hosts of Sleepover Cinema, our show where we analyze the films that created the collective unconscious of the girls, gays, and theys of the late 90s and early 2000s. Princess Diaries, The Cheetah Girls, Aquamarine, Cinderella, the one starring Brandy. We haven't stopped thinking about these movies since we first saw them, and we want you to rewatch them and review them with us. Are these movies as bad as critics would have us believe? Do we even care if they are? We are always unpacking that very question on Sleepover Cinema. Check out Sleepover Cinema wherever you get your podcasts or at evergreenpodcasts.com. See you soon.